life I deserve. Sharing creative ideas, inspirational stories, and fresh perspectives that will empower you to live your life to the fullest. Hi, I'm Jack Canfield, and you're listening to The Life I Deserve by my good friend, Adrian McMillan. Mark Green, CEO of My Silver Boots LLC, has a 34-year successful military career and is now sharing his life experience that fuels inspiration using stories from his youth. His successful career is a testament to the mindset it takes to overcome and the mindset it takes to stay in the fight. Be resilient. His experiences help others to create positive futures for themselves. His riveting stories of extreme adversity and then success in the face of difficult life problems are remarkable. And his leadership and goal-setting abilities are truly inspiring. His story gives hope and purpose to people who may have lost their way or their passion for life. Mark is a professional who has a proven record with his teachings which include a law degree, a home in Hawaii, and a six-figure income, to name just a few. Welcome, Mark. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for having me, Adrian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, glad you could be here. So I would love for my audience to get to know you on a personal level a little bit more. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about your background, your childhood, where you kind of came from, how you started out? Absolutely. First of all, I, I, uh, I'm a kid from the Midwest, so pretty simple, not the East Coast or the left coast, kind of right in the middle, the heartland of America. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri is my hometown. I grew up there. Uh, in the beginning, uh, from zero to eight years old, I lived in a log cabin. My dad worked for the National Guard. We were a family of six. Uh, we moved around a couple of times while we were kids. And life was pretty good at that point. You know, everything was pretty copacetic. There wasn't a lot of stress. And, you know, even though there were six kids, you know, there'd be the normal fighting going on in a, in a regular household. But it was pretty normal. Uh, so you're the first person I've known to have grown up in a log cabin. So I guess, <laughs> is that normal where you're from? Well, I mean, in the in the country Ozarks area back then, you know, there there was a few leftover log cabins around and my dad just happened to be somebody who found it and rented it and so we were living out on this acreage and next to the creek where I could play in the creek and catch catfish and run around barefoot in the sun and you know go play in the wheat field or look for wheat pennies or arrowheads whenever they would plow the fields and I just enjoyed that I was you know my youth was so great because I had that time to really be a boy and really enjoy the outdoors chasing garden snakes and, you know, all the stuff that boys like to do. (laughs) That sounds great. Well, I'm sure, you know, there was probably uh, maybe a few creatures chasing you as well. If you were in the the wilderness. Sometimes you didn't want to stick your hand in a hole where you didn't know what was in there, but you know, you know, sometimes when the Creek would flood, the water moxins and stuff would come out and you just kind of (laughs) stay away from anything that looked big enough to to bite you. So. (laughs) Wow. That sounds like a fun place to grow up. It was. It was a blast. So when did you or how did you determine your purpose in life and what you kind of wanted to do with your life? Well, you know, before I really found my real purpose, 
you know, I kind of grew up after eight through 16 with a lot of adversity. You know, my family, after my dad left and my mom and dad divorced, there was a lot of adversity. There was, you know, there was physical and mental abuse from stepfathers. There was alcoholism in the family. You know, my mom, my mom married four times. There was a lot of things that we had to deal with. I lost a brother in St. Louis uh, to a murder. You know, there was a lot of things going on in our family that we really uh, had to kind of step back and go, wow, look at all these things that are happening to us. And as a result of that, I kind of, because I didn't really have the left and right limits growing up, I was a kid that really just was was taking on things that I shouldn't have taken on. Like I was the oldest boy, so I was trying to fill that fatherly role and I really didn't have the maturity yet to do it. And I couldn't really protect my sisters and a couple of them ended up pregnant early. And, you know, it was just frustrating, you know, because we didn't have money. We were living on welfare. You know, there's a lot of terrible things going on. And if at some point I realized that I just couldn't live anymore like that. You know, I didn't even graduate from high school. You know, I mean, I, I cr we crashed a car on school grounds, you know, two weeks before high school was out. And I had to sit in the study hall just to finish the 12th grade. On senior skip day, we all went out drinking when we were not supposed to be drinking when we were young kids. And then we decided we were going to do a donut on the school grounds and we crashed a car and then the principal got a hold of it. And the guys that were in the car all graduated, but I didn't because I didn't have a dad there to say, hey, you know, he's graduating. So, wow. so, you know, I started off like that. And the pivot point was one day I was walking down the street and I said, you know, this isn't going to be the life I want. I, I need to do something about this. And I I just decided that I needed to get out of that town. So I got a call from a buddy. He said, hey, there was a job with some of these guys laying blacktop. I'm like, laying blacktop, never did that, but why not? However, you had to leave the state. I was like, well, I'm on, I'm in trouble because I was a troubled kid, troubled, a troubled and angry, you know, youth. And I broke some windows out and I had left the state to go work for these guys. So I stayed gone for a year and a half working for a band of gypsies out of Arkansas. <laughs> I just, we just, that's what I did. And, you know, I wasn't even, I was, I wasn't even 21 yet. I was just, just out, of, just out of school, but with no future, you know, no, nowhere to go, no, what, nobody to really tell me what to do. And my mom was so busy working that, she couldn't take care of the kids. So we just ended up kind of doing whatever we wanted 101 and it was, it caused a lot of trouble. So I needed to change that. So I thought, well, if I get a job, maybe that'll change things a little bit. And then I fell in love, right? So you fall in love, heart goes on the sleeve. You want, you want good things for you and your new wife. And she ended up pregnant. And here I was working on a garbage truck. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> stop, stop the bus, you know, and I decided that I was going to join the army. Well, because I had left, I had to go back, get permission to clear my name, which I did, um, which is a story in and of itself. And then after I cleared my name, I joined the army. And once I got to the army and said, yep, I was in trouble. What do you want me to do? They said, get back in formation. You're done. You're just, go be a soldier. And for 34 years, that's what I've been. So. And do you feel that the structure of the military helped you? 
Oh, I mean, it's been crazy help to me. I mean, unbelievable, you know, leadership I've learned, the characteristics of a leader. I mean, I've learned virtues and values that I didn't have growing up. I learned to be disciplined. You know, I took I took everything that I didn't want in my life and said, no more of that, you know. And now I, I still had failed relationships, you know. I mean, the Army doesn't always, it's not always easy place to be. But however, I still continued to excel and I didn't give up. You know, I, I started getting an education. I started applying the things I was learning. I started getting promotions. I ended up going through officer candidate school, became an officer in the Army in 1994. And I just kept continuing to grow. And, you know, I still had my failures along the way. However, I just, I'm one of those guys that just never gives up. I just going to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And they gave me the tools um, to, to make myself better. So I'm very fortunate. That's awesome. So do you feel that now that you had this structure, do you feel that you found kind of your purpose or were you able to have the structure to kind of, because before that it sounded like your life was kind of out of control, didn't, weren't really able to focus because there was no structure. That's so, pretty much it. Yeah, there wasn't any. And now that you had structure, did it kind of enable what you, you started to see what you kind of wanted to, make happen with your life? Yeah, it was that. But it was another thing that was really important is that somehow along the way, I met a gentleman who, who when I was in sixth grade, um, there was a karate class up, up next to my school or in my school, uh, just over from where we lived. And they didn't take on kids at the time. It was just an adult class. But we kept bugging the guy until he finally let us start taking the classes. And, and then over time, he, he, he saw that we were, we were good. Me and my brother both were really good at this. So he said, you know, someday you can be a champion. Now, I still had the troubled past on top of that. So here I was doing, you know, okay, I'm going to go out and throw rocks at the window one day, and the next day I'm going to go be a karate fighter and take a trophy home. So there was still an imbalance. But what mm. it does is it planted a seed. Right, right. Because the, uh, a martial art, learning a martial art is a lot of structure in itself. Exactly. And I started getting that discipline at that time, even though I still didn't use things the way I should because I had been, you know, doing the wrong things. It did plant that seed that I could use this to not only stress relief, but I could also use it for my mind, my body and my spirit and grow. And so when I joined the army, I ended up using it to become part of the first pioneer of the army Taekwondo team ever. And that gave me the ability then to, to be a part of something bigger than myself. And I ended up fighting in two national championships for the army. It's amazing. And so that, do you feel that that was your, your start of true leadership where you, you started to lead that, that effort in the army? Well, I, I think I think what it was is after I after I went to basic training and AIT and I started seeing that, you know, I could really do good at some of these things. I started getting certificates and I started getting letters of recommendation and all these other things were starting to happen. I'm like, wow, I could really do this well. 
And so I ended up being the battalion soldier of the year in the 82nd Airborne. I got to go to trip to France to jump with the French and got foreign jump wings, you know, because my battalion commander loved me because I was his battalion soldier of the year. And, you know, I just, I had so many great things start happening because I was in the top fit, you know, uh, time of my life. You know, I started seeing that I could be the best at something and being a part of the All-Americans and being a part of the 82nd Airborne is, is, is an honor in itself. And then being with those guys, you know, going out and jumping out of airplanes and then still also being an athlete at the same time was like a double bonus for me. You know, so I really realized that, hey, I can be a champion. And and it started changing my attitude. Because my attitude wasn't always in the right place when I was younger. So, yeah. And it, it did sound you touched a little on these different challenges you had growing up. Do you want to get into any of those a little a little more to let us know? Because those, you know, those big challenges can can shape us in one way or another. Absolutely. You know, I mean, without getting into like, you know, blaming and excuses and how other people act, you know, there were there were times when I was doing the wrong thing, but there were times when others were doing wrong things, you know, and, and we were a product of our environment. You know, I my 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 father became an alcoholic and, you know, and then that didn't work out. So, you know, here you got six kids and, a, and we ended up moving from the mobile home or from the log cabin to a mobile home, you know, shoving six kids into a small three bedroom mobile home with, you know, with bad toilets, you know, leaky pipes, aluminum wiring, and, you know, the doors freezing, uh, you know, with ice on them because kids coming in, not so much, you know, to have air, air coming up through the door was not a great environment. You know, we, we dealt with a lot of adversity when it comes to just finding a, a decent place to live. We ended up moving into a town where they sprayed some kind of funky whatever on the streets and they ended up wiping out the whole town. You know, we just didn't have good housing. And wiping out the whole town. What do you mean? Well, they there was a they they the, some oil company in Missouri had sprayed something on our streets and it was toxic. I mean, it was so toxic that they 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 completely told everyone in the town to move. And wow. so we had to move. And so having that happen, you know, having my sisters, you know, go through the adversity they did getting pregnant at 15 and 16. You know, I lost the brother to murder, um, which is an unsolved murder to this day. We don't know who did it. And, you know, just moving multiple times throughout my life. You know, I've had my own health issues from the war and getting getting uh, aggravated injuries from going to Afghanistan. You know, having all those kind of things happen in your life, you know, it, it forces you to you got to step up and step out of what you had before and what you have now. And that's actually the name of my uh, my manuscript that we're turning into uh, into a book. It's called Step Out, Step Up. But I, I just feel like, you know, I had failed relationships because I didn't have the basics. You know, I didn't have, I had achievement and I could prove that I could achieve things, but I didn't have love and joy in my life. And, and I think because I was missing that piece of the puzzle, I kept hitting my head against the wall every time I wanted to make things better it was all about achieving this or achieving that, but it really 
coming down to that joy in your heart. If you don't have that, it's the missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I, you know, I imagine losing a sibling can be, I just can't imagine how traumatic that would be. How at that time did you deal with such a significant event? Well, that's a, that's a deep issue because my father wasn't able to come up there when it happened. And, you know, this is kind of personal to me, but I have no problem sharing because it's, it's what happened. Um, my brother, my brother had an alternative lifestyle, which ended up causing him to, you know, to meet people that were maybe not as decent as others. Um, and I can't, I, I wasn't there, so I can't, I can't really say all the facts about who and how and where. But I just, it was made me uncomfortable, and I wasn't able to connect with the one brother as easily as I was with the other, who was also a black belt with me, and we were like bonded. So the other brother went off on his own, which then in, ended up being the one that was killed. And there was no one around to help after the investigation was all done. The landlord calls and says, well, you got to come over and take care of this problem. Well, I was the only one around, oldest boy, to deal with the issue. So I had to go over and clean up the mess. Uh, I don't recommend anybody go through that in life, but it's something that happened to me. Which just until recently, when I spent time with Jack Canfield and group in Phoenix, I was able to take that traumatic event and turn it into an image in myself that I don't never have to go back there. And it really helped me overcome that. And now I see my brother, it's kind of sounds crazy, but I see him as a box of crayons because he was an artist. And all the time before that, I always saw the mess that I had to clean up and not the box of crayons because I wanted to see the good in him. And they helped me by re-imaging how I saw my brother to color instead of what I was dealing with prior. And it's a, it was a huge breakthrough for me. And that just recently happened. So um, I'm very blessed to have people around me that have that ability because uh, they really did help me in many ways. Wow. Yeah, we we can all learn so much from each other and and um, and reach new levels. And it's just beautiful to hear now that you've reshaped that memory of your brother. Mm -hmm. And I someday maybe we can find out who did it. I don't know. It's a cold case, but I, I just feel like, you know, he didn't deserve that regardless of his alternative lifestyle and somehow, some way. I believe that somebody will know who did it and maybe I'll throw a big, a big reward out someday and we'll get to the bottom of it so we can clo have closure for my family. Sounds good. So you've been obviously through a lot of challenges. Do you want to touch on maybe some lessons that you kind of took out of any of those and how those lessons might help other people? Yeah, one of the things that I've learned uh, that really I think is really powerful is the ability to take your memories and put them on paper, because by doing that, it kind of takes it outside of you and puts it out there where you can just say, you know, I need to keep this or I can move it to the side. And by writing, which is what I did, I was able to take those feelings and emotions and put them on paper which now I realize that the bigger 
value in that is that it, it's valuable to others, not just to myself. Because, you know, those lessons that we learn, if I can share those, that brings value to others because then maybe they don't make the same mistakes or maybe they learn, you know, something from it. And they can also connect because there's there's things that have happened in their lives because their stories might be different than mine. However, we all have one. And so, you know, sharing what I've learned in those lessons, I just I just know that sometimes life isn't fair. And, you know, it's not what we have happened is what we do with it after you know and that doesn't matter if it's a relationship it doesn't matter if it's financial it doesn't matter if it's you know lack of education or whatever else that's going on you have to you have to stop and take a knee and so what i did is i thought the lesson i could do best is teach people to be resilient and bounce back don't give up don't quit never quit never give up you know i, I have a definition for adversity it's it, it's this Adversity is the unpredictable or predictable situation you find yourself in, dot, 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 and then what? What do you do with adversity when it comes at you? Well, mm -hmm. so I created the curriculum that's called, I call the seven R's, and those help people to become more resilient. Because if you're more resilient, you can deal with things, you can bounce back. You, you, even if things come up, trauma, physical, mental, whatever kind of trauma it is, Yes, you may need to help. You may need to reach out to others to make you stronger, too. But however, it's some things that we need to work on ourselves sometimes that we don't want to admit. And then once we learn that that those things can happen through this curriculum that we're building, it will make people more resilient. And I think it will help them stay in the fight. I love that. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that the final R is resilience or... Do you well, want to shed more light on the re-engage? Re-engage, okay. <laughs> okay. So. It sounds like a very helpful program. Do you want to elaborate a little more on how that works or how people sure. might be able to get um, information about it? What, what we're doing is, is right now we're interviewing veterans to make sure that the program that we're putting in place does have value to it because it's, if it, otherwise it's just one guy's opinion. Um, which is not as strong as having 40 or 50 veterans say, hey, you know what, that's a good idea. So we start with the first R is rest. Because without good rest, right, eat right, rest, take a vacation, take a knee, you know, rest because you had a traumatic, you know, wartime experience or you need to rest because of physical you know, surgery or whatever, you need to rest and let your body heal and your mind needs to be rested because you, you're not you're not where you need to be if you don't have enough rest. So that's the first R of those of those seven R's. The second one is um, reconnect with yourself. In other words, when there's a physical or mental trauma in our lives, we just want to check out. You know, we we don't, we don't want to reconnect with somebody because we're trying to deal with the situation ourselves. Because what if we, you know, we break, we, we hurt, we tear a tendon in our knee or something. Well, right now I got to focus on fixing my knee. I can't reconnect with others. However, I have to eventually reconnect with the situation because maybe I can't do what I used to be able to do. Or maybe I can't, I have to reconnect with my family differently than I did before. 
So the, the reconnect is, is the second piece of the seven R's that you, you must do because you can't just leave things out there. You know, it's not going to work. The third R is um, reset. And that means reset your mind. When I came back from Afghanistan, the doctor told me, he said, you can have pain-free 50s or pain-free 70s. Which one would you prefer? Well, I realized that wearing body armor and being a Taekwondo athlete and jumping out of airplanes, maybe not was the best thing for my body. So I decided, you know what, then let's get this done. Let's do the surgeries. And I had to learn how to walk again. Well, it's another adversity that I had to overcome. Mm -hmm. And you can ask my wife, one day I was throwing the cane down because I had to be in a certain place by a certain time and I needed to be healthy and I wasn't yet. And I was like, I ain't giving up. But that day I kind of did. She made me pick it up and keep going. So, <laughs> so that happens too. You know, you got your family going, hey, you ain't giving up on me. And so, so the resetting your mind means that I can't do what I used to be able to do. I used to love to run, you know, and now I can't run because I have a, I have a new situation with my physical health that I have to deal with. And so that resetting your mind so you can continue on in life is a really critical point. And some people have it much worse than I, I have, right? And so I appreciate that because I know it's not simple for anyone. But that reset, reset the mind can also be your mental mind because if something traumatic happened, we need the time to reset and, and so we can move forward. And sometimes we get stuck. We get dammed up with all this emotional stuff and we're not able to release it. So it really does help to reset the mind. And sometimes we can do it ourselves with affirmations and, and Bible verses and visioning and, and goal setting and all that. But sometimes we need something stronger than that, that somebody else that can help us get to that level mm -hmm. of where we need to be mentally and physically. And yeah, I, I agree. Say reach out if you need to, you know. Yeah. And so so that's the third R. The fourth R is is um, is resolve which means resolve issues. If you've got issues with your family, your relationship, you've got issues financially, if you've got issues out there that you need to clean up, clean them up. Don't, don't leave them lingering because now they're just weighing on you. Mm -hmm. you know? And there's just this palette of stuff pushing down on us in everyday life that we don't want to be a part of. Um, we wanted to ignore you know, problems sometimes instead of directly work on them and get them taken care of. And, you know, sometimes I always say bad news doesn't get better with time. You know, you got to get a jump in there and go after it. And so re resolve, resolving those issues helps you become more resilient because now they're not in the way anymore. Right. And we don't realize a lot of times how much they really are affecting us and weighing us down. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then remove and remove is removing problems, you know. The door, the door in my house that has the bad handle on it has been broken for six months. Well, if I don't remove that problem, every time I walk by it, I see it and it, it's, it's annoying to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so res resolving problems and understanding the problem solving process. A lot of youth, when I was young, I didn't know how to fix a problem. I was like, well, it's a problem. I'd stare at the face and look at it and go, yeah, that's a problem. But I never took the time to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, resolving all your problems and removing problems is really critical to being more resilient, because if you just leave all your problems there and they're all standing there 
you know, lining up for you one by one and they're just still there. You don't fix anything. You can't be more resilient if you got all these problems hanging over your head. Well, I, right. they, they shut my bank account down. My lights got turned off. Well, you know, all this stuff just builds, 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 builds. And then people, you know, are not able to cope because there's too many things in front of them. Right. And and it's uh, makes it very challenging to focus on what you really want to get accomplished if you have all these distractions. Exactly. And the next R is recon. And recon means what does your future look like? What do you want to do and what goals do you have and how are you going to achieve those? So recon could be, hey, I want to go to college. Okay, well, let's sit down and let's sit down and envision that. Where would you go? How much money do you need? What are you going to study? You know, and coming up with that plan because it becomes a personal development strategy for you, because even though you've resolved problems and issues and you've dealt with all the other stuff, What's your future look like? You got to go from, you know, where you are to where you want to go. So you got to take time to come up with that plan and write it down. That is the most key and most important thing I can tell people. Write it down. For 14 years, I journaled and I realized how important and how valuable that was. Because a kid growing up in a $4,000 mobile home who now has a law degree in a home in Hawaii didn't get there because he didn't write it down. So so I wrote it down and it mattered. And it and I started checking off the goals one by one. I did what Lou Holtz did. He, he wrote 109. I wrote 121 because I wanted to beat him. So <laughs> I'm kind of competitive like that. Well, this is great. So I, when did the journaling start and how did you get this idea to journal? I think that's a, a remarkable uh, thing, habit that would help so many people. And I, I think it's uh, it's challenging for a lot of people to to, to work it into their daily routine and to start making it a part of a part of their process. There was a number of books that I read. Uh, one of them was think and grow rich. Some of the other, some of the other positive mental book, mental attitude books. And the one that I'm trying to think of is not coming to my mind right now, but is one of the books that I read. See you at the top. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorites. Zig, oh, yeah, Zig, okay. Zig, 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 yes. 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 When I went through a divorce, I sat on the top of a mountain reading that book. And that was the day I, I had a pivot shift, right? I was like, hey, you got to write goals down. So 14 and 14 and some years, 14 years ago, I started writing down my goals. And I started, I wrote a mission statement. I wrote my strengths, my weaknesses, my opportunities, my threats, the SWOT analysis, they call right, that. Right. I wrote down my attributes. I wrote down, you know, the things I wanted to get rid of that I didn't like about myself. I wrote down all my goals and then I wrote down what I was going to do to achieve them. Not just that I wrote them down and it got really detailed. And I was like, so I would start with one journal and then I'd have to take everything that I didn't like and add it to the next one. Then I started adding quotes and affirmations and all this other stuff. And it just became this journal of, Oh my gosh, you know, but I, I would read it all the time. And then I started finding myself achieving all of those things over time. And I was like, wow, this is powerful stuff. I you know? agree. It's powerful. Even I I did that years ago when I was um, just out of high school, just made a list of some things I wanted, had no idea how to properly do that and create that list. And I, my mom found that list years later on a visit home. And so many of those things came true. 
Exactly. And I had no real structure. So I completely believe in <laughs> writing things down, especially doing it in a structured way and, and reviewing every day makes it so much more powerful. So it's, it's really great that you learned that, you know, so long ago and you've been putting that into action. And the other thing that really helped me, there was a gentleman by the name of Steve, Steve Scott. And I think he went to school with um, Steven Spielberg. And he talks about that in his video series. And he wrote a series that's called um, Attributes of Super Achievers or Super Achievers. Mm. And, and I used that because it helped me to vision. It helped me to see what I wanted to become or what I wanted to do. And it helped me break it down into steps and then break those steps down into the actual tasks it takes to get there. And that really helped me too as well. And not just that write, writing a goal was important, but also how was I going to achieve it and how did I see myself achieving it and what were the steps I needed to take to actually achieve it. So Great. Well, what was the uh, the author again of that? It was the name of the the name of the guy was Steve Scott. Okay. And and um, uh, it's it, it was called Super Achievers. Is I, I remember those two words on the CD series, and it's been years and years and years ago. But I still have them downstairs in my, oh, in my library. So that was another thing. The last R of the seven R's is reengage, mm. because you have to take a lot of action to get over a lot of those R's. And like I can't force people to do it. I can just tell you it works. Right. I mean, if they can choose to take action or not, that's really going to be up to that person themselves. But if I always I know that now that I've came back uh, and I've finished my military career and now I'm doing, you know, doing this for a living, I realize that that if we reengage without all of those things that that we've removed as a result of going through those, I feel so much more resilient myself. Because I use that to learn how to walk again. That's how I created the curriculum. Because I had to rest. I had mm -hmm. to reunite with myself. I had to remove problems I didn't have before. I had to resolve issues I didn't have before. I had to recon my future because it was going to be different. You know, so all of those R's fit with the physical side of it, but it also fits with the mental side of it. See, that's what makes it so mm. strong. That's what makes it differentiate from anything else out there. And mm. so I'm like, wow, this is really powerful stuff. <laughs> And it, it almost scared me because I realized how powerful it was. You know, I mean, I start getting calls from people. I have no idea who they are. And they're like, hey, we're going to do this and that. And I'm like, OK, let's go. <laughs> I mean, what what's the harm in it? You know, I mean, you know, yes, I had bad relationships in my life. Yes, I had bad things happen to me in my life. Yes, I had all that. But I I've chose now to not let that weigh me down because most people do have a story and most people hurt inside. And you got to. Sometimes you just got to say, you know, that was that was an event in my life. It is not my life. Mm -hmm. And so once you get past that and you're able to move on or you get, get with mentors like myself or who can help you kind of move on and say, hey, you know, what's 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 sticking you up? OK, well, you know, do you really need to stay there? No, you don't have to. It's a choice. Wow. And that's why I've I've been so happy lately that I realize I'm getting joy back in my own life because I don't have to stay there, you know, right. and, and that's what's made it so powerful. And I think it will be very powerful for others once they learn that. And that's really, it's really about the veterans too, because veterans go through so much. We, you know, I lived out of boxes for 15 years, moving from place to place to place, 
resetting up our home, resetting up where, what church we're going to, resetting up, you know, who our new friends are going to be, resetting up where to go to, to a restaurant to eat. They don't realize how difficult that can be on a family. And we become really resilient as a result of it. And the RV teaches resiliency, but they don't always teach you how to deal with every problem. Sometimes right. that's just on the family to deal with. Or, or even a single person for that matter. Sometimes they don't have the, the extra support of a second person. It's just them. And, you know, I, I reach out to them too because they need that resiliency just like everyone else does. Right. I agree. You know, I went through a uh, challenging situation years ago and somebody close to me, they had gone through actually something kind of similar but more challenging and – they basically told me that if if the reason they had to go through that experience was to help me, that it made it all worthwhile. And that was such a touching moment for me. And that's what I feel that you are doing for other vets. You know, you're you're giving all of these challenges, all these challenges that you've been through a little bit of purpose in a way, because it's those challenges that have really shaped you into who you are and given you this knowledge and this ability to help others. It's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate it, Andrew. Adrian, you know, one of the things that, that my, my last name actually stands for strength through adversity. I don't know where that came from, but, you know, I realized that, you know, I was shaped through that process, you know, I call it, you know, some people call it the school of hard knocks, you know, experience or whatever you want to call it. Um, You don't always, you know, sometimes it's external, sometimes it's external, sometimes we bring things on ourselves because of poor choices, which I I admit I was, I had some poor choices in life, but I realize the value now of learning from those mistakes and not letting my, some of my family members make those same mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes. Show me the guy that can not make a mistake and he can throw the first rock or her. But, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, as we grow, as I go forward in my own life, you know, I'm a warrior and a fighter. You know, I I actually ended up with a mentor from New York for a year through the Army Corporate Partners Program who told me, Mark, your story is very powerful, but it's not what it's about. And at first I was like kind of taken back. I'm like, what do you mean? That's, you know, I have a very compelling story. But she said, so does most other people. And people that you meet around the world will have stories much more difficult than yours. She said, your story is powerful because you're a warrior and you're a fighter. She said, you never gave up. You had a choice many times to give up and you didn't. She said, that's the spirit of what people are looking for. They're looking for passion and purpose in their lives. And they know that that warrior spirit is what they're, what people love. They love a fighter. They love somebody that's not going to give up. They love the underdog and you're the underdog. So and they the need underdog. that. They need that inspiration from people yeah. like you. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's, thank you for that. Because that was great mentoring for her to tell me that. I mean, here's a lady that, you know, here's a lady that was a senior producer. Good morning, America. <laughs> I mean, how, how better person, you know, to have as a mentor and then be able to tell me, you know, give me direction that would, would, would have such a huge impact on myself as I believe as well on others. So right. I'm very fortunate. Well, this has been great, Mark. How can people find out more about you and about the uh, the, the help that you 
you're providing to vets? Um, as we go forward, uh, there is a there is a current website that's called it's it's www.mark.green. You don't have to add the .com; it's just mark.green. It's a premium site, so you can go right to it. Uh, you can find out about the two books because what we ended up doing is we ended up splitting curriculum off of the book and calling it a different book for that portion because we're interviewing veterans. And then my memoir is the other piece of that. And you can actually sign up as a you know a pre-release for for asking about more information for the book later or both of the books. And you can learn more about me on that site for now. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mark. All right, Adrian. Hey, it's been a great, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm blessed to have you uh, take the time to spend with me. And I know, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there's only a portion of the compelling story that I provide, provided you this evening, but I believe that there's, there's more in the, there's more in the, in the manuscript, but, you know, people will have to, to, to read it themselves to, to grab the rest of the story, but it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I would love to have you back, too, to, to elaborate more on your stories and maybe tell us about some other uh, adventures and challenges that you've been through. So, All right. Great. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to live a passionate, fulfilling life. Subscribe so we can take this journey together, a journey of sharing, learning, and growing, a journey to the life you deserve.